Hi, everyone. It's Ellie Noss and Bianca Kylik here with Atomic Moms. We want to thank you guys for subscribing on iTunes and writing us comments on Facebook and asking us questions. Yeah, you guys have been rocking the comments on iTunes. I have to say, there have been no more angry uh we're not commenters but we're not asking for that <laughs> so thank we appreciate uh your kindness and for spreading the word for us we're really excited today i mean every time i'm like so excited this podcast is so exciting for me yeah i, I mean we, we're so fortunate we get awesome guests and and i think the that the uh, last week's episode and this episode are are our awesome assist if that's even a word, awesome assist. They are our awesome assistants yet. <laughs> and that's because last week we were talking about the sleep easy solution, sleep training with Jennifer Waldberger. And it was, I got to toot our own horn for a minute and say it was a really, really wonderful podcast. It kind of helped me wrap my brain around some things. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to kind of go out on a new journey with my hubby and with Mags and, and uh, you know, get a little more sleep for everybody. I think it's, it's time. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to play for you our amazing interview with the co-authors of Calm Mama, Happy Baby, Derek O'Neill and Jennifer Waldberger. And Derek O'Neill came from Ireland because we're that big of a deal. We'll be right back. I have a confession for all the listeners out there. Whenever we have an amazing energy expert, I get extra nervous about how they're going to read my nervous energy. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have Derek O'Neill and Jennifer Waldberger speaking about their incredible book, Calm Mama, Happy Baby, who I am going to give to every mother I know. I already sent it to mine and I hope she reads it because it's so fantastic. Even if you don't, there are a lot of our listeners don't have kids yet and might not ever have kids. This book is still fantastic for you. It basically teaches you how to be a human being. I'm really proud of you. I just want to take a moment to say that you've been owning the truths <laughs> lately and I'm very proud of you. Just speaking right to it. That's awesome. <laughs> so... When we spoke with Jen about talking about the sleep easy solution, she said, by the way, I've been listening to your podcast and my co-author is going to be in town and calm mama, happy baby is up y'all's alley. She didn't say y'all, but in my mind she did because <laughs> it makes her even more <laughs> likable. <clears throat> and in the email, she said, for better and worse, your energy is your child's energy. From a Darwinian perspective, for survival, kids are wired to study you and to think, feel, and behave like you. So let's start there. As my daughter screams in the background as she's being put down for a nap, so I don't know what she's reading from me right now, but <laughs> clearly across the other end of the house, something. <laughs> well, I can tell you, why don't we all just take a deep breath? Yeah. And just allow the child to be the child because this is the one aspect. This is why Jen and I wrote this book because we actually realized that there are too many experts and that mothers are actually become overwhelmed with the amount of information that has been given to them. And all that they need to do is just come back to basics. And the basics is... If you breathe, you live. 
if you stop, you're not living here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard a little one at the calm and down. Yes, <laughs> complete <laughs> silence. You see, you you can't make this stuff up. I've gone into a room with Jen with 12 or 15 screaming babies and I said, here's my calling card. I haven't done on birds yet, but, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I've said, here's my calling card. And my calling card was I just took a deep breath and all the children went perfectly silent. Wow. At my stepbrother's wedding in Brooklyn this fall, it was about 100 degrees and everyone was standing during the ceremony. And I had been asked to do a reading. And so when I went up there, I asked if everyone could do me a favor and if we could all just take a deep breath. And it was amazing how it settled the room. And it was actually when the bride started crying. So I felt a little bad about that. But it was because once we released the tension as a group, everything affects you in such a more beautiful and deep way. Yeah. You probably did her a favor. She probably needed to let some air out of the bag. Yeah. And it probably felt good for her to do that. And it always feels good. Yeah. And I don't know why. I clearly know how. I can tell a whole room full of people to do it. But it's like I need to constantly remember that for myself. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you see, it is the greatest gift that you can give your children is, is the gift to, to be calm. Because when you are in that space... And that's when you're learning and taking on most. And uh, I have a confession I have to uh, make so that people know who it is that's talking here. So I didn't go to school until I was 23 years of age. I was brought up in nature. I, I was brought up sitting by rivers and fishing and all those things. So so I, I've, I come from a slightly different space, if you like. I'm currently... Uh, the father of two grown-up children, uh, 32 and uh, 30, and two grandchildren, uh, four and two. So the great thing about putting this book together was the ability to be able to look at how I was involved in rearing my children and how if I had my own way, I would definitely allow people to have their children and then give the children to the grandparents to rear. (laughs) Because there's a certain wisdom comes with your next journey after being a parent. Mm. And that wisdom is, is about looking at what we labeled mistakes. But actually, there is no mistakes. It's all perfectly fine. And I I consider myself extremely lucky not to have read a lot of books Mm -hmm. on parenting. And I have two children who are regular, ordinary kids, no big addictions or anything crazy going on. So Linda and I didn't do too bad a job without reading the books. Good. Right? <laughs> All as we did is we spent time with the children. We spent time with them. We spent time playing with them. We spent time acknowledging their gift in our life that they had come to teach us and they were going to do that. And as we all know, they come in as this energetic package 
And it's the energetic package that I felt always needed to be addressed rather than the technique that you're using Mm -hmm. to do A, B or achieve A, B, C or D. So the energetic package is I'm telling you that your baby could be a nice, pleasant, calm child. And if your husband comes in from work after having a bad day, I guarantee you your child's going to react to that. So in understanding that, you can say to your husband, look, before you come in the gate, before you come in the front door, when you've come in from your work, I need you to take a deep breath. Take the tie or open your shirt or whatever and know that you're now entering into the family home, into our sacred space. That's so beautiful. And by doing so, everybody disconnects from the mundane mechanics of having to make money because believe me people i've sat with the ceos of mega companies and told them get divorced you're working in a 17 hour day and you're telling me you're doing this for your child and let me tell you you're not doing anything for your child here except abandoning your child and if you have an issue with your wife and you don't love her anymore Please, if you love your children, you and your wife as adults have your conversation and go your separate ways. And that's a truth based on energetic packages. So mothers are the absolute world of a child because you guys get to carry this consciousness in a special way that us men, we don't have the privilege to do. Okay, all as we can get is kidney stones, <laughs> which is as close as we can get to knowing <laughs> what it might be like, right? So for all the men out there, we really do appreciate what you guys go through to deliver our children, okay? And, and we really do, but we're a little tick and a little ignorant, and we also need training like the children. And that's why there is no better training than just being calm. Being calm. Be honest, be open, and allow your child to lead you with the proper, uh, I call it bubble. You know, you put your child in a bubble, and that bubble is what we call enough room to wiggle, but not to fall. Enough room to wiggle, but not to fall. And that's all our job is. Our job is not to create mimics of ourselves or clones of ourselves. It's to allow this consciousness to expand maybe beyond us. And the best way to do that, just breathe and be calm. And be the expert that you are. You carried this child for nine months. It is now scientifically proven that there is a gene that passes from the mother to the child. And they're now calling that gene the psychic gene. It's where the mother is lying in bed and like you were uh, in, the, in the last interview, you were explaining about the child coming up into a different realm of sleep, checking the room, making sure everything was okay. Mothers are doing this all the time, no matter what age your child is. I can remember my wife just jumping up in the bed one night and going, something's wrong. And, and what was wrong It was her son hadn't come home. Mm. And she knew it. She didn't have to go to his room or anything. And this is the gene. Mm. And so that is what you're carrying, mums. So you connect with that and just allow that to talk to you. 
true. You won't need experts in anything. All that you'll really need at that stage is to watch your child and to give them that little wiggle room and allow them be who they are and allow that personality to grow with just proper boundaries. Soft, gentle boundaries. Not, you have to do it this way. If they have colligates that way, if they sleep this way, you must do it. Not that. Because what that is going to create is a patient for me when they grow up. Because mm -hmm. as a psychotherapist, I love adults whose parents didn't know how to rear them properly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. But it's not that the parents didn't know how to rear them properly. The parents were so anxious about being proper that yeah. they didn't allow themselves to be the parent. What's proper? Your child crying in the room and upsetting people? Well, if people are upset, have they got legs? If they're gifted with legs, let them use them and walk out. It's not a big deal. It's not a criticism. If, if a child is distressed, only a mother will know what I call the tonality of the cry to know whether there's something wrong here. If it's just a, if it's just a cry, it's just a cry. But when it hits a certain tone, you're on it. You're, you're on it. You're, I'm getting this child to a hospital because you know something is completely different here right. because you're quiet and calm. You're not the parent who, uh, 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 get them to the hospital. Uh, 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 get them to the hospital. Not that. Because mm -hmm. that just creates anxiety and anxiety mm -hmm. leads to all sorts of problems. I had an experience uh, just last week. I walked through the canals. We In Venice, we have this beautiful area that is like... Venice, Italy has some canals and it used to be all canals in Venice. A lot of people don't know that, but now there's four left. And I went to the park with Magnolia and I was walking home and I had her in the ergo and she decided that she had enough of it. And she has gotten to this, I, I, I feel like it's her toddler or baby teenage years, like she, when she screams now, she lets you have it. And, and it sounds like someone's murdering her. I mean, it's pretty awful, but it's just her, you know airing out her lungs and um she started to scream and it was a beautiful day so there were a lot of people in the canals and I was surprised at how embarrassed I got I was surprised at how much I I, I found my energy shift from this walk with my daughter to what is everyone else thinking and I was in shock because I was like I don't I don't care but I guess I do <laughs> and what do you where do you think that comes from? I mean, what do you think that it, what is it in today's day and age where we are so concerned with, or it, it affects us so much what other people think of us as parents? I think that it has a lot to do with, you know, what we've been talking about in terms of all this information and other people's opinions swirling into your orbit. Because from the minute you conceive and tell the world you're pregnant, you've got opinions coming at you. You've got people saying, do this, don't do that. Make sure you do this. Absolutely never do that. And so from the beginning, moms are unplugged from their own inner sense of what feels right for me to all these other people who are wagging their finger at you and telling you what to do. Once the baby comes, you as a mother do get a lot of projection, unfortunately, out in the world because 
The sad truth is there might be somebody judging you for that child crying, but that's their issue. Yeah. It's not your issue. But well done to you to have the presence to be able to sort of sit with like, oh, she's crying. I don't care. But oh, my unconscious actually does Does care. care, So that's one of the gifts that kids will bring to you is that, you know, I mean, listen, it's so intense to have this little person in front of you to take care of 24-7. Feedings and the changings and all of the things that you have to do to take care of them are constantly going on. But what's also happening is they're there to mirror you and your stuff which can feel extremely difficult and challenging at times, but it's a tremendous gift because it's shining light into places that wouldn't be illuminated otherwise. And so that might sound like a small example, but your daughter shone the light on a place where you actually have a little insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so then you can go, aha, don't have to beat yourself up for it. It's like, oh, thank you for illuminating that. Now I can look at it and deal with it. So how do you deal with that? You deal with it in the moment because as Jen just said, all it's doing is it's, it's shining a light on your own insecurity. Mm. It's, it's, you know, you're doing something wrong. Okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have to acknowledge, you know, why is the child crying? Like, could the child be crying because the child is, and, and people love when I say this and sometimes they hate it. So this might get your mob coming back on your emails. Maybe the child's just a little brat. <laughs> yeah, what if I, I have an experience with my little brat? Go for it. <laughs> There's a great little breakfast place down the street. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday mornings mm-hmm. before work, mm-hmm. my husband and I will take our one and a half year old to have breakfast. Mm-hmm. And when I take her out to a restaurant with friends and stuff, she's super happy and, you know, easy, mm-hmm. peasy. Whenever we're with daddy and we go to a rest, the restaurant, she wants to hear the echo of the sound of her voice. She's going, ah, ah. Mm -hmm. And then she sees me try to, she knows I don't like it. Yes. And then Adam's trying to fix it by giving her more bacon or trying to please her. A couple times I've taken her out of the restaurant to sort of be like, okay, we can't do that. And then like, here's a puppy, whatever. Here's a puppy. There's a lot of dogs nearby. I don't get her a puppy to stop. <laughs> you almost have a big kennel. <laughs> but, but yes, half of what I'm doing in public is indicating to others that I'm aware that my child is making their uh, breakfast a little – Wilder before they've had their coffee, they're hearing this child screaming, and it's almost like I'm indicating that I know that this isn't what should be going on, and I'm trying really hard to fix it for everyone. Okay, and and that's it. There, there, you've just got the nail. It's you see, you're trying to fix it for everybody, and oh, and always. not only are you doing that, but you're also. Uh, thinking for everybody else like yes. because you don't know whether they're annoyed or not you're just assuming they are at the end of the day I, you know and, and I, I rare children at the end of the day if somebody come up to me and said excuse me your children are annoying me okay I'd probably look them square at the eye and go oh I'm terrible sorry yet they've had a bad day their mother died of cancer <laughs> yeah and you know what will happen they will go from being annoyed to the most loving, sympathetic, and supportive people on the planet. Okay? 
And that's the truth, guys. It's a paradigm shift. And that paradigm shift can be happen with a word or a statement or a body language. And once you understand that, you can begin to use that as part and parcel. So in this... Well, it's a way of being honest. Yes. And a way of being, we're, let's strip it and we're yeah. humans. Yes. And, and really awful. And everybody's Instead of being stuff. defensive. Absolutely. Because your wife did Absolutely. pass away. Correct? Yes. Yes. And that's all it's about. It's about, you know, my child is cutting a teeth at the, a mm-hmm. tooth at the moment. Okay. Or whatever. But it's about you being strong enough to say, is the action that's happening here, is this action being created by me? Am I upsetting this child? Now, I can tell you from 35 years of doing this stuff, I've traveled to India, I forget, all these places with mothers from all over the world. And I can tell you the reason that Jen and I put this book together is no matter where you are in the world reading that book, you won't be confused. If you read certain books from certain countries, you might be confused. Okay. But what's really going on with your child right now is this. When a female child is born, its first love object is its mother because she offers love, nourishment and security. If those three things are given, a child will grow absolutely natural and normal with just a few little edges. Okay. Um, The child notices a shadow in the background and is immediately drawn to that shadow. And this happens between the age of one and three. Okay. And that shadow is that. And because of the way we're wired, baby falls in love with dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why they become princesses and daddy's Mm -hmm. little girl, right? At that stage, I'm sorry, this, but this is the truth. They hate you guys. Okay, can I tell you the relief (laughs) I'm feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Because when it's me and her, Mm -hmm. it's so lovely. And Mm -hmm. if I get her out of bed in the morning and I like brush her hair and we go downstairs and we make breakfast and she sits at her little table and it's so like we listen to classical music Mm -hmm. and it's like really Mm -hmm. relaxing and beautiful. And then daddy comes down the stairs and it's all over and it actually, it makes me really angry. Absolutely. And, And there's no need to be because you'll actually realize that what you're watching is nature it's the, uh, I'm not going to get technical, it's the amygdala mm-hmm. firing. It's the fight or flight. It is, yes. it's nature in its, in its absolute presence. And if you're present and watch it, you'll see it. So it's you offer all this, but, but you know, the sexual urge is, is, is bigger. And, and, you know, using that word on the moon might don't frighten you, but that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, if you reverse that and you now have a male child, Okay, Mm -hmm. you have the reverse because the male child first love object, mom, love, nourishment and security, sees the shadow in the background. Alpha male, alpha male doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. Always clashing off each other and that goes can go right up through life. So once you understand that that's just a, a phase and a stage, mom, you can let yourself off the hook, your child doesn't not love you Mm. your child is not pushing you away in some form of angry at you the child is developing very natural tendencies and back to its nature so don't panic too much. Yeah, she'll, she will she'll push me away absolutely she wants me out and when did that start 
Started at least it started New Year's. Remember, she had New Year's kiss with yeah, Daddy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. and I was just one. sitting on the couch, like what? <laughs> yes, yes. And I, for me, it's like the control issue too. Of like, I, I want her to sit at our little table, or like we create this great environment, mm-hmm. and then he comes down, and then yeah, her sympathetic nervous system's mm-hmm. jacked up. Mm-hmm. She runs around. She wants to place him. She wants me out of the picture because she yes. thinks that. She knows that if I'm gone, he'll stay, too. And that's their job. Yeah. Again, that's their, jo- their job is to make sure that you and dad don't agree on anything. Yeah. That's their job. They're she going does to learn that this, at the, oh, come at, here. At the <laughs> Little angelic beings mm-hmm. that they are. They are super, super conscious. That's why I believe that the top of their head doesn't close for so long, mm. that they're connected yeah. oh, that's cool. to a consciousness. And all this energetic information is being downloaded, which is why the ecology and the environment. And, you know, uh, Jen will tell you in a moment, but like I, I can actually go into your child's room, change the color on the wall, of the paint that you've used and and write a plan to say how your child is going to react in the next couple of weeks. That your child's going to go from calm to crisis driven to da 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 just by the colour of the paint that you have on the wall. Nice. Does it room. depend on what the paint colour is or just a change? No, at paint colour because a colour is an energy. You know yes. the way you go into certain rooms, okay, so it's an energy. Music, each note has an energetic pattern to it. Each pattern is associated with a color. And our unconscious, our psyches are picking this up all the time. And so, you know, I always say to parents, as wonderful as it is, you know, to have the room ready for the child when the child comes home and whatever, whatever, keep it white. Use pictures. Use pictures. (laughs) Uh, Whatever, yeah. But use pictures. Um, to, to create color and see how your child is reacting to the different ah. colors. Because if you have a child who is very energetic, and we're talking about the sleep patterns, if you have a child who is very energetic, whatever you do, do not put reds and oranges and them colors with them because they're already a little firebug. Now you're going to put them into an inferno. It's it's so crazy because I used to kind of, when I was picking clothes for Magnolia before she was born, we let her pick a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, um, if you want the red stroller, you know, kick now, Mm -hmm. if there was a kick or not kick. Mm -hmm. And if you want the blue stroller, she picked everything. It's great. And and she always kicked at one thing and not at another. But, But I would try and tune in with her inside of me when I was picking out clothes and stuff for her and red always felt wrong and she is a fireball see and yeah. and it's so interesting overdrive mm-hmm. overdrive and you, you were saying something about the uh, type of music and colors as well what was it you were saying the other day i don't know but i remember a home visit that we did one time and um it was two little kids, probably three and five, and the parents. And we ha- we did happen to come at bedtime, but these kids were literally bouncing off the walls. And the mom was, like, horrified, you know, and she was so embarrassed. And she's like, they're not usually this energetic. Uh-huh. And, and we were like, you know, please don't worry about it. But one of the first things you pointed out was that they had a fiery orange couch. <laughs> and it seemed so obvious, you know, once you think about it, like, oh, and, and it was a really small space. 
and all this color. And that kid was already fiery. So that's so interesting. Well, what else is in your environment that you might not be thinking about? I mean, it's not even just like, oh, you live in a city where there's ambulances going off all the time. It's like, what is in your immediate space? With our Brittany Spaniel, we have a very hyperactive, older now hunting dog mm -hmm. who does this tea kettle whistle. Mm -hmm. It's like a, sorry, listeners, but mm -hmm. I have to do it. It's like this, like. Very good. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on <laughs> every evening. He's begging for my daughter's food. Mm -hmm. It makes me crazy. Wild. Mm hmm so, so what, it, you know, you can change out a couch. How do you change out a dog? <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually you can, you, you, you can, because what you really have going on there is what we call a neuro-linguistic program. Very technical, simple. It's, it's self-talk. It's not the sound that's upsetting mm -hmm. you. It's the fact that you think that sound might be upsetting your child or that your child is becoming focused on that sound a bit like, um, when, when you have a certain rhythm to a family mm -hmm. and then the rhythm gets broken, mm -hmm. it can break the whole rhythm. So if you have a, a, a dog in the family and then the dog is not there, a child could act up for two years on that fact alone. Oh, if you don't so handle the fact oh, wow. that something has dramatically changed in your ecology. Oh my God. You, you address it. You don't, you try to ignore it or whatever. You're going to have two years of unnecessary upset. Okay. Wow. So think about childhood divorce, all of that, all of that, because it all affects, <laughs> it all affects the energetics of, of who we are and what we are and what we're about. So it's really about, you know, we don't give children enough credit for their level of intelligence because actually their intelligence is greater than anything they're going to learn from education when they grow up <laughs> says the guy who is sitting here telling you this from the absolute truthful level unless unless education leads to character it's it's only information being stuffed into people but really if, if the education system was to allow a child to be naturally flowing in the direction that they have been born to flow, wouldn't we have this much more dynamic world where you can just see that music creates you and you're creating it? We're never, look, you're right, yeah, we're never going to send you to a carpentry school. We're not going to do that. We, we, we're going with you. You know what you're about. We can see what makes you alive. This is empowering children to to lead us with that bubble of, you know, we do live in, in, in a society where we have to go out and work and do all those sort of things. But we don't have to let the mechanics interfere with the with the quantumness of possibility. It's it's so interesting. I'm like my eyes keep welling up when you're talking because everything just kind of hits such a such a deep chord with me. I um I about gosh now almost ten years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. We're getting so old. It's all relative. <laughs> wise, wise is the word you're looking for. We're getting so wise. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I yes. love the reframing. Yes, uh, I you know I, when I was about 29, I embarked on a, a journey of um, I found meditation, which was helping me with 
so many ailments that I had mentally and physically. And I find that the biggest challenge for me isn't the meditation, learning it, experiencing it, being with it, um, all the teachers that I've come into contact with because of it, all the people that I've met. Um, it's taking what happens to me on the cushion and walking outside with it. And part of why having a child has been such a beautiful and yet frustrating experience for me is because many times in my pregnancy, I felt like, I just felt like, as cheesy as it sounds, like an earth goddess. I felt like, oh my God, this is what my, my purpose has been and to feel this and it's such a miracle and all these things are happening. And then I would walk out the door and go to a, a meeting or, you know, just out to the store and see everyone in their kind of, you know, blinders on going through their daily life mm-hmm. and what they have to do. And it, and it flew out the window. Mm-hmm. And then Magnolia arrives and she just is that. Everything mm-hmm. that she sits in, that she experiences, the way that she finds a piece of paper and the fascination of peeling that piece of paper off, whatever it is that I don't want her to peel it off of. And... I just am thinking whatever I can do to sit with her and allow her to continue to have that throughout her life because it's so hard. So many of us have lost it. And even if you do find it again, it's just how do I, how do I let it be when I am out in the world? You, you, you just come back to your nature mm-hmm. and, and that's, you, you know, like I, I've, uh, and, and Jem with this book, the research that we did on this book, you know, they say it wasn't possible to write a, a, a bit of a, a Bible on, on how to rear children. But I think that's what we've achieved in this book. I agree. I, like, I mean, I think it's it's so nature filled and natural and inspiring and empowering because it's the closer you are to your nature, the more productive you are whether you're a child or a big child at 90 years of age because we're all children at the end of the day at various levels of wisdom right okay but we've brought this research right down to if a child has a lot of runny uh, nappies when they're younger they're going to grow up very very generous people if they have a lot of constipation they're going to actually grow up not so generous because it's part of their nature and what her job is as a parent is to understand that you might be one yourself I know I was one at one stage but like I was a giver 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 and I I was nearly getting ill because I was giving everything and not mm. not not receiving enough back to self nurture if you like right um so when your when your child has these tendencies to be an over giver it it is your wisdom that you can say look it does a balance here does it does a balance love here's your balance these are your toys and i want other children to be able to play with them okay but i want you to keep maybe this little doll as your doll it's your doll and we, we won't ever bring this doll anywhere except into your sacred space into your crib your room whatever this will be yours and what you're doing is you're balancing out that it's okay to keep something for self. Mm, so beautiful. For self. Because otherwise they're just going to give. And as we know, givers can be taken advantage of greatly because they're, we, we, we based it on the three H's, which is the head, heart and hands. So the head tells you one thing. The heart tells you something else. 
an argument goes on between the two and your actions or your manifestation is going to determine who's winning that battle. And if the head is winning the battle, you need to give more energy to the heart. Mm. If the heart is too, you need to give more energy to the head. And it's easy by just checking your three H's. That's beautiful. We're going to take a quick break, guys. Jen, I have a question for you. Can you can you describe you guys discuss in the book a little bit about parents own experiences as babies, mm-hmm. sort of the nonverbal stuff that goes on and how it's triggered when you have your own child. I always talk about when friends get married, I'm like, oh, by the way, all the crazy is going to come out of the woodwork yes. at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like any issues you have with your family, it's all going to be out there. Like who's sitting next to who, mm-hmm. who gets to do the reading, why, you know, it's wild. Mm-hmm. And nobody said to me at least, all the crazy is going to come out when you have the baby. and Or if it did, it always was like, okay, well, I can manage our f- extended family. I didn't realize like the crazy that was going to come out from within me. Yes. Which would be the, the stuff that gets triggered when my daughter would cry when she was really little. So can we dive into that for a minute? Absolutely. And this happens for every parent. You know, that child in front of you is a portal back in time to your own childhood and will bring up happy memories and unhappy ones and struggle and everything in between. So at that moment where you first greet that child, you know, some moms have the experience of like, oh, it was love at first sight. And I was just, you know, completely in this little bubble. Other parents go, holy cow. You know, like they kind of catch their breath and go, I, I, I feel overwhelmed by this responsibility. And so you know, you can't help that little person triggering you because subconsciously you're traveling back in time Mm -hmm. to the age your child is. So the age your child is now today is reminding you of yourself at that age. And, you know, some people have a really clear childhood memory. Others of us don't remember as much, but you remember in your heart, you remember feelings, you remember experiences on a deeper level. And so, um, You know, when you find your emotions firing at a very high level on a regular basis in a particular pattern in your relationship with your child, whether it's their crying or a certain way they push your buttons, you know, when they get a little too much attitude or when um, they don't listen or, you know, if you have more than one child, if one picks on the other, you know, it'll take you back to your own sibling conflict when you were a kid. So you can't help that it's happening. But what you can do, again, is see the gift of that because it's being brought up for your own illumination. And in that moment, you can sort of go like, I mean, well, maybe not always in the moment because being a mom, you're you're in it, right? So like you can't always in the moment be like, oh, I'm experiencing da-da-da and that's related to my childhood issue and whatever. So you have to kind of take that time. And I love that you guys meditate and you have, you know, these practices. I think being a mom is a meditation in itself. You know, you, that's how you you bring the cushion, so to speak, into your life. You, you notice that 
you are living in a meditation workshop 24 <laughs> seven and, and how wonderful. And, you know, what an amazing opportunity to practice what you've learned and what you already know and bring it and embody what you're asking. So if you want a child who is comfortable in her own skin, who can tolerate her own discomfort, her upset feelings, her anger, her sadness, her anxiety, embody that. And when you notice that's coming up for you, just go, oh, look, hmm, hmm, strong anxiety, strong irritation. Where am I registering that in my body? When we feel strong feelings and we go into that amygdala fight, flight, freeze, a lot of us check out with uncomfortable feelings. We're not very good at staying present because nobody taught us this stuff when we were little. Right? Yeah, I'll get very fuzzy. It's almost yes. like I'm stoned. Oh. Exactly. So you kind of go offline. And so what's happening right there is you're being reminded of a painful experience that you had as a child where you didn't feel supported, where you went into fear. And that creates these little cul-de-sacs inside of us that kind of stay frozen because we have to split that part of ourselves off to survive and keep going as a child until you become a parent again or in any other relationship where it's triggered and it's up and now it's here. And now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to nuke it, stuff it, deny it, ignore it, eat around it, drink around it? Or can you show up? for that difficult feeling that you're having. Maybe not right when you're feeding your child lunch, maybe when they go down for a nap. Right. You know, you have a few minutes to just go, whoa, what was that? You know, or I'm really noticing all these strong feelings I'm having around this situation with my child. And that's what I really love about the book is that you, in the book, you also give so many examples of different situations where this would come up and, and what we might be thinking. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to read my mind. Like that is what I, you have. And it's very, it's like a funny book too. And you share so many different sort of exercises or way of checking in. And I'm doing a three-year training program and a thing called Somatic Experiencing with Dr. Peter Levine. And that is a basically, I mean, it's for trauma. I did it after my tumor surgery for a year and then realized like, oh, I really want to be able to do this for other people too. And that is about tracking the nervous system. Yep. And it's about our sympathetic nervous system is flight or fight and the parasympathetic is going back to neutral. Yes. And I didn't realize until the training, oh my God, I spend 99% of my life in fight or flight. And then to realize, oh, when I'm stoned and I, th or no, I'm not actually stoned, guys, I, that, makes me, that makes me more anxious than anything. I do not do that. I can't. I wish, I I wish it made I me chill, either. but it doesn't so make funny. me chill. It doesn't make me chill either. Um, when I'm, when I go to that place of calm and I, that's actually me going offline, like you're saying, because it's, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much stimulation. It's overload. It's the fight or flight in its natural uh, tendency going, don't move. A bear will not kill you if you don't move. If you move, you're going to die. That was the fight and that's why it was put in place. So it's actually quite natural to check out, but it's not check out and stay out. Right. <laughs> and, and to realize that there are these triggers that are not that I'm okay yes. or, or it's like it's also about self-care yes. and also don't have that third cup of coffee yes. Yes. and there are ways I'll, don't I did a seven mm. day silent meditation retreat and after that 
was like, you know what? I don't need the radio on every time I'm in the car. Mm. And I realized, oh, my God, I'm just so sensitive. Mm -hmm. And our little beings are. And that's what's cool about this book is you guys talk a lot about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And you can track your own child. to. to it's such a great mm -hmm. You, well, way to and, and, help them and it sounds what like what is so genius about it is you know a lot of times we'll have guests on the show where it's like um you know you kind of have to explain to somebody you know living in the midwest who maybe isn't in a big city where they have access to meditation mm -hmm. classes or whatever it sounds like um this book can help people to heal themselves so yeah, that so. it's it's not just an answer for the child it's an answer for yourself as well, well. that's the question you want to ask yourself <clears throat> what do you want to pass along to your child mm. do you want to pass along your unconscious habits of stress and worry and negativity or do you want to be a whole heck of a lot more proactive and you know pass along nothing in other words, let them be exactly who oh, they are so and not carry your baggage. Yeah. And will we tell them about the accident that happened with the book? So accidentally, what happened with the book is if an adult who has no children reads this book, it's like a self-analysis and are able to determine why they're in the jobs they're in, oh, wow. why they have the patterns they have, because it's all in the book. So it's like a reverse like package. By reading it, it's like, oh, that's why I do that because look, you see, da da da. No, I'm gonna and, give this to everyone like as a sneaky thing, like uh -huh. oh, it's really for mothering when really it's like for being a human. That, that's being. it. It's like, and it happened by accident. It, it was just the way we we laid it out that it it happens going forward and going backwards, which is hilariously funny. And for our for our papa and and daddy listeners, just because it says calm mama. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And you know something specifically, uh, one of the things that Jen have been and I have been talking about is to to write a book that is a little bit more male gender orientated because, you know, as, as a male dad myself, yeah, sometimes it, it's hard to to take on board that you have to have some feminine qualities around the child without, you know, somebody accusing you of being gay or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, um, it a lot of fathers feel very stuck because mm -hmm. they're stuck in the part of the mind which is the hunter-gatherer. Mm. And they, they do actually want to be involved more. In Like recently, we, we, we had a client who felt really, really guilty that he couldn't feed the child during the night because the child was breastfeeding and he was driven by guilt mm -hmm. and and the truth was you know that's when i i intervened and i went i don't know who's telling you that breast milk is the absolute best 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 in the world but i can tell you from my experience give them formula every now and again when you need a rest <laughs> when you want the dad to participate right. in the rearing of the child because if you don't do that i'm telling you here's the result Here's your map. If 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 dad wants to be there and he's not being given the proper considerations and communications and whatever, child is picking it up, and here's your outcome. And that's what this book does as yeah, well. Yeah, the kid it probably just thinks like the parent doesn't want to be involved. Absolutely. And you guys talk about that too, like this mm -hmm. idea that when you come home, mm -hmm. if things aren't going well in your own life, your mm -hmm. kid picks up on that, and 
they are so good at internalizing it and thinking it's their fault. That's just the way they're wired. And, you know, especially with the kids coming onto the planet now, they are so aware, alert, attuned. There is nowhere to hide from these little creatures. And, you know, you were mentioning before about being sensitive. Everybody's sensitive. We just, over time, put layers of stuff on top of our sensitivity. But kids are wide open. They're like little sponges. They're just totally drinking it in, drinking it in. So you and your spouse are a riveting reality TV show that they're watching and studying. And what is it to be a woman? What is it to be a man? What is it like to be, you know, a couple? What's life like? Tell me all about it, everybody. And they're drinking it all in. My father was, um, I didn't know as a kid, my father had horrific depression and was on medication for it. And I didn't find that out till I was in my late teens. Um, and I knew, I remember one of my earliest memories is that my, my dad is really sad and I have to fix it for him. There you go. And, um, and I have an image. I remember exactly where he would sit at the kitchen table and read Mm -hmm. his book and I could feel it in my body. Um, so I, I think that, you know, also on, on the other side of that, my, my husband, no, I just went offline for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Too much for me. Cause yeah, it's intense. You just start. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are thinking back to like their own childhoods and like what their parents' relationships were like, or if they had a single parent or what, well, all that stuff. Yeah. And also everybody talks about postpartum depression for women or what women go through. Um, I did not have postpartum depression. My my husband did. did yes. And <clears throat> it was really interesting because our midwife, they actually decided they were going to implement a change in the way that they screen moms and dads after because they give the mom the the list of things to check off. Yeah. And she said, we always ask the women about previous sexual abuse or trauma. We don't ask the dads. It's brilliant. And everything from his childhood came up. I mean, I saw him in the first, and he's talked openly about this, so he doesn't mind me sharing it. But in the first two days of Magnolia's life, he went, he was, became a completely different person. Yes. And our midwife came by and after he left, she said, who is that man? Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, that was not the man that was at the birth. Mm. And, you know, luckily we're, we're aware enough and with it that we got him some help and, and it's been a life changing for him. But, but Papa's out there are, yep. are going through this too. And yeah. um, so this is a fantastic resource. And, and I hope you guys do do something that is a little more geared because that would be awesome. Thank you. It's our plan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's a wonderful plan. Um, I wish we could talk for days I know. and days. I mean, I feel like there's so much here. And thank okay, you. Wait, really fast. Yes. I want to very quickly go back to like when she's at the, the cafe yelling what's the best thing for me to do? Go inside yourself. So your baby's crying, obviously, that's something you need to attend to, but you have to start practicing what's going on inside of me. Catch that thought of like, oh crap, everybody else is going to think I'm a terrible parent. She's disturbing other people's dinner. You know, any thought that sounds like I'm doing something wrong, she's doing something wrong, or this shouldn't be happening, cancel. Take a big, deep breath and literally envelop her in your calm, loving energy and hold space with her. You might need to take her outside, but from there, from that calmer space, when you're not in fight, flight, freeze yourself, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to tap into your own mama intuition and dial into her and nuance and read what's really needed right here. Is she hungry? Does she need to take a walk? 
We want to thank you guys so much for coming over. If, if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, it was fantastic. Um, and that was also with Jen. And we, you got to listen to it because it was about sleep training, but it was about so much more than that. So thank you. Thank you, too, for doing this two-part series with us. We feel yeah. big time now. Yeah. The, the book is Calm Mama, Happy Baby. Um, we'll put it up on our Instagram and Facebook page. But you guys, honestly, uh, I mean, like Derek said, it, how awesome to have a book that is it covers it all. You know, it's your one your one stop shopping. A guide to being human. Uh, yes. Nice. I like that. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. Oh, God. I'm all blissed out now. <laughs> 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 I just got chills like all over my audience. I'm tracking. You're uh, calm mamas I'm and happy babies. Yes. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, thank, thank you, you for having us. Thank you. thank you. Okay, listeners, we will be back. Okay, guys, we're back. That was awesome. I mean, I feel like I'm still kind of uh, on cloud nine after talking with both of them. I mean, what uplifting, inspiring people. And I just feel like I can't wait. I mean, I, you guys, I didn't get a chance to read the book. I felt like a horrible host um, because I had such a crazy week, you know, undateable with undateable premiering and whatnot. I just, I haven't had time. So, so. Ellie has been my trusty steed, and she has done all the legwork these past two weeks. Oh, you're um, sweet. You're the best. I'm the nerd. I love this relationship. <laughs> she, so Bianca's like the super cool hippie who comes in with this beautiful energy, the gorgeous star. And oh. I love uh, I love being the workhorse. I like I, I get I get really excited with my like word document. I, I totally nerd out. So well, thank you for giving me and, that. And by the way, kudos to you because that guest was your get. And I mean, what an awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed both of those podcasts. You know what? Uh, be a trooper and um, put them on your Facebook and, you know, tell your friends. Uh, I think the more people that, you know, get to know about us, the the cooler guests that we get to have on. So. It's really cool because yeah. when I reached out to Jen, she was the first person that we didn't know at all or have any contacts that knew her. Yeah. And I just I did like a blind email to her. Um, bragging about our amazing listeners and that we're in the top 10 kids and family on iTunes. So thanks guys for giving us a great rating and, and sharing. Cause in that, yeah, it gives us great guests. Cause she, she knew about us. She had heard of the podcast already and that was, so that's why it worked out. We have our mom bomb and our mom session to give you guys I'm going to do my mom bomb from their book, Call Mama Happy Baby. And also you they have a website that's calmandhappy.com. Um, but I'm just going to read just a tiny bit from it. They talk about how you're a mirror. A baby's ability to self-regulate or maintain an internal state of balance is absolutely dependent on relationship. Sylvan Tompkins, an early researcher who studied attachment, suggested that when a parent stays connected to her child when she experiences negative emotions, she helps that child to both reduce stress and increase her tolerance for stressful experiences in the future. And then later they talk about V.S. Ramachandran, I'm butchering it, a pioneer in mirror, mirror neuron research, calls mirror neurons empathy neurons or Dalai Lama neurons, as they are dissolving the barrier 
between self and others. And when with our children, they are mirroring our actions in their mind, and that's what the mirror. So when you see your little one, she or he is a mirror. Yeah, remember Sada Simran said that they they choose us, they come to us because we're the ones that can best help them with the the lessons that they need to learn, and and likewise that they know that they can help us best with the things that we need to understand and come to terms with ourselves. So. Wow, so much goodness. Okay, my mom session, um, I made up a word, fronting, F-R-E-N-T-I-N-G. Can and I guess it, what it means? Yeah. A friend is going to front the ball to you, like You're fronting. Close. You're close. They're, they're, they toss you the thing that you need. It's a it's a combination of friend and venting. Oh. And it's, and it's uh, inspired by my phone conversation with you this week. I had a really, really hard week. I felt pretty low and I called Ellie and I just needed to have space to like have a little diary of the mouth and just say all the things that were going on. And you held the space without judgment and you let me say what I needed to say, even if some of it was like a little overly dramatic or whatnot. By the end of it, I felt like a 10 pound weight was off my shoulders and, you know, moms out there and dads, I, I think that like not enough can be said about when you're just feeling shitty and you just need like there's so much, so much on your shoulders. Call up a friend and just say, I need to friend. And <laughs> then you have to explain to them what that means. But say Bianca at Atomic Moms. It was her yeah. mom session. And that you just need five minutes and they don't have to say a word and you just need to say, let everything come out. Um, it made all the difference and I love you and I love doing this podcast I with you. you. And, and I love this podcast too. And this guy's again with this book, she, they also talk about like other things, other ways moms can like reach out for support from friends and family and stuff like that. And, and it's not all amazing hippy dippy energy stuff. Like it's, it really is a book that, you can give to um, your super Republican friend. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm going to buy up several copies now. I already know people. And we're not getting a kickback from that. So we do have our sponsor though, which by the way, thank you guys for letting us uh, share our advertisement with you guys. It means that we can pay for our babysitters during our podcast sessions. Yay. All right. We love you guys. Remember, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness and rock rock on on Atomic Atomic Moms. Moms. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. 
Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.